cheaper than our producer's underage sister. Edgier than the stuff shown on late night television. Newer than Kim Kardashian's ex, live from Orlando, it's Crazy Train Radio. Tinker and work on amps and did a little bit of everything and that 
that kind of, I guess, kind of got that from him in a lot of ways. I mean, he, I never was a good electronic guy or electrician or any of that, but but I sure love amps and guitars, and I, so I always called myself kind of a guitar geek, you know, I quit the, love amps and guitars, and so that's where that comes from. I guess my father and my uncles, all my uncles were kind of that way, too. They played, and my dad had a lot of brothers, and uh, so they, my Uncle Jimmy, I used to play in a band with him, too, my dad's youngest brother, and so I've always been that way, and so I, well, I really was a player before I was a singer, to be quite honest. Well, you mentioned as well, because there was a lot of family influence there, that you also mentioned, I believe it was in that same interview, that whenever you went to buddy's houses or other people you know non-family, it was, okay, where's the party at kind of thing, because whenever there was a family get-together, there was uh, music involved some way or somehow. Yeah, that was always, I was always around that. And quite honestly, Adam, you know, I was, it wasn't, I, as a young kid, I truly thought that every, my dad used to paint and draw also a little bit, and I truly thought, because I was around exposed to that all the time, that I really thought for a long time that every household was like that, with guitars around and, you know, the, you know, just the arts, you know, around. And I, I, I learned as I got a little older that other families, they didn't have guitars laying around and uncles playing and bands and <laughs> I thought that was the norm, you know. And and I really I really look back though with fond memories and I feel very lucky that I came up in an an environment like that where it was encouraged the arts, you know, and music and uh, I really do feel lucky. Well, as we said in the beginning here, the albums it ain't all bad. Uh, there's two particular tracks that I got a kick out of uh, when listening to, it, listening to it when I received it. Was the first one was I want to be like you. Uh, yeah. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely, and that's what you picked. One of my very favorites from this album. It's I wrote this with Bill Anderson and Tom Shapiro, and that song is. I mean, you know, having two boys, it really means a lot to me. It's very personal and uh, just you know when that when Bill and I started uh, Tom was not with us when we wrote worked on that but Bill and Tom had kind of started with it and had the idea going and I came in at the last moment uh, helped them finish it but it, that song I immediately took it very personal and started talking about my my slant on it with my two boys and how much I admired them and uh, you know, that's the old uh, the old joke almost that, you know, you want to, hey, I want to grow up to be like you, you know, son, you know, and so it really plays off of that. And I know Bill's perspective is from his son, Jamie, who is a, he's a pilot now. He flies uh, jets, and uh, I know Bill's really proud of him. So that's where that comes from, and uh, that's one of my favorites, you know, it's, it's very different, too, from the album. It sounds real different. It's just piano and a string quartet and a, an English horn back there in and, and the second verse. And one of my very favorite tracks. I love it. Well, obviously, and I noticed this a lot, excuse me, within country music especially uh, and storytelling, but the title track itself, it does, would you say it really responds and explains where you are both in your life Personally and professionally, 
Well, I think so. Yeah, the first track, the whole title track, I think that song does a couple things. You know, it's kind of, it celebrates, you know, the person that you, uh, in my case, of course, I wrote it with Alan Shamblin. In my case, my wife Karen. It celebrates the fact that as crazy as this world is and, uh, you know, however it might get crazier, but as long as you have the person you loved with you, you know, it's, it's all good. You know, it's, that's the whole key. And also, for me, it, it, my part of that, it, my writing that, it, it also speaks to, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in this old world, it's, you know, winning awards, the accolades, whatever. It, they really don't mean a whole lot if you don't have someone that you love with you to share in that, you know. And so I, I think that song really speaks about that. And it also, for me, kind of talks about the, the reason I liked it as a title for the album is because it kind of, speaks personally for me a little bit about this little niche, this little place that I've carved out in this crazy business for me now and where I am in my life, you know, it's, I'm at a good place, I'm enjoying things that, you know, uh, I understand where I am in my career, in my life, and I'm just taking things, cherry picking, doing things that seem to be fun and, and enjoying life, and uh, it ain't all bad, it's, everything's pretty good right now, so... I think it really well, speaks a lot about my place in the world right now, where I am in my career. Well, a lot of people within country music and, I guess, music-wide, uh, know you a lot for your songwriting. Uh, when you're working on projects, is it one of those times you have to set aside time to write a project, or is it you're going along, doing whatever, and something hits you, whether it's lyrics or uh, instrumental-wise? Well, I, you know, that's a great question. I set aside time to write, and every now and then I'll just take a day. That'll be my writing day. Usually once every week or two I'll take a day or a couple of days and just work on my songwriting. And uh, it used to be a little more often than that, and it's going to be again. But right now I'm really so busy with the album. But in the norm, I usually have a couple of days a week that I write and, and uh and I look forward to getting back to it. And if I have ideas, I'm always constantly jotting down ideas and little guitar licks. I've got a couple of little guitar licks now that I've put, I recorded, and I, when I get back to my writing, I'll get back to those. And that's what I do. I keep a notebook, too, a running notebook of all lines and things that I come up with, premises and ideas, and, and I put those in my book. And when I have my writing days, I come back and refer back to those. And I'm going to do something in December that's kind of interesting. I've been asked to come to New York City and speak at NYU uh, about songwriting at a song, for some songwriting classes, and I'm going to take them up on that. It's going to be kind of neat. That's in December. So uh, I love the songwriting aspect of my career, and it, I take it very seriously and uh, look forward to that. It's I'm always, you know, I always love that part of my career, the writing. Well, you know what? That's actually interesting, and I didn't think about asking that until you brought it up there. Since you're going to NYU and going to take part in this class and all, is songwriting something you can actually teach? Um, that's a wonderful question. I'm not sure that you can, and I'm sure that'll be talked about there. I I think it's something that's I, – I truly think that – I don't believe that everyone is a songwriter. I think, I think in this world of country music these days, I think – I think the labels and some, everybody just assumes that because you're a uh, an artist that you're a writer, and that's a, the greatest, uh, you know, uh, untruth that there is. I mean, there, you, just because you're an artist don't mean you're a writer. But 
uh, I think that's something that you certainly can hone and get better at, you know, and learn to be better. But there's some writers that are just naturally born gifted songwriters, I think. It's a God-given talent. And, you know, immediately when I think of that, I'm thinking of people like Chris Christopherson and Roger Miller and Bill Anderson. And, you know, not to say that they don't work on their craft and they hone it and spend a lot of time developing and working on it. But I think that's a they start with a God-given talent and it goes from there. But I don't think... Unfortunately, all of us aren't gifted with that, you know, so, uh, and that's, yeah, I think that's a, that's something that, uh, you know, this industry has almost created, you know, just, uh, you know, they turn every artist into a writer. They immediately come out writing songs. It's amazing, you know, so. <laughs> well, uh, back to your influences a little bit, uh, Steve. Uh, you sure. mentioned him. Right off the bat, Chet Atkins, but there's other guys and gals within music industry really ha- who've had an influence on you. George Jones and, you know, there's Glenn Campbell. You can name them yeah. all down the line. Is there any particular person that really stands out that, that taught you something professionally? You go, wow, that, that has helped me career-wise. Well, there's two folks that stand out immediately. Um, one is uh, Dottie West. She was a great influence. She was my first job when I came to Nashville as a teenager. Played in her band for three years. Lived with her for a while. Uh, she was tremendous and was a taught me a, so much. Really got me off the ground. I mean, I was so green that I can't believe she even put up with me for three years. But but I worked with her and learned a ton. And actually learned a lot from her and her husband Byron at the time. He was her drummer. And also, there's a guitar player in her band named Jimmy Johnson that taught me a lot. I roomed with him and learned a lot from him. And also, uh, when I left Dottie, I worked for a gentleman named Bob Lumen, L-U-M-A-N, who was a great artist. And a, he came out of the Shreveport, Louisiana Hayride and from East Texas and was a big Opry star and rockabilly star in his early part of his career. But I worked with him for about two years and... And uh, he was—he taught me a lot, specifically about entertaining. He was a tremendous showman, and uh, I would watch him every night. And uh, you know, between Chet Atkins and those two great artists, I really—they took me to school. I learned a lot being with them. Well, as far as your songwriting is concerned, as well, uh, you've worked with a lot of great artists and musicians in their own right: Clint Black, Barth. Keith Urban, you know, you name them, we go down the list. Is there any particular project that you've done in the past that you go, that you're really special of, or would you say they're like kids and you can't pick a favorite? Yeah, that's the latter I think would be true. It would be hard to pick. It is very much like your children, you know. it's You like different projects and different songs for different reasons, you know, I guess. And, and it's almost like your kids and the fact that they – Every song kind of has their own personality, and so I'd be hard to be hard to pick. But it, I look at it as you know, gosh, I'm one of the luckiest people around. I feel like to get to work with folks like you just mentioned, Garth Brooks, and you know, going out on tour with Garth, doing TV shows. He would call me to come do the Tonight Show with him, or hop on a plane and do. You know, it's just great. I mean, how lucky can one guy get? You know, and or. Or, you know, Keith Urban calls and wants me to play on his record with him. And, you know, not only you're playing on it, but he's cutting your song. I mean, you're, that's unbelievable. And 
So, you know, I'm real grateful and lucky. You mentioned Glenn Campbell a little bit ago, and he's one of my favorite people. And, you know, a chance to do a duet with him and it become a hit record. And, you know, God's doing shows with Glenn, too. Just fantastic. You know, I feel really blessed. Well, you mentioned Garth, and we both have, actually. But are you kind of excited about the rumblings you hear that he may come out of full-blown retirement in the next year or so after his daughter graduates high school there? I am really excited about that. And, I've, you know, we Garth and I, we talk about that occasionally. And, I've, you know, it's no secret that, like you say, he's been, you know, the he, his retirement was the conditions were when his kids get out of school, and that's coming up. So, you know, anyone that knows Garth knows that when he says something, that's what he means, you know, and he's a pretty much a man of his word and and uh, we we Karen and I my wife we were uh, we were lucky to get to go out to uh, Vegas and see some of his shows out there when he was doing his one man show in Vegas and it was tremendous and you can just watch him and just think to yourself you know how in the world can you not go back out and share that with everybody and he loves performing and is so good at it and uh, yeah, it's exciting, and it's. I think people are really waiting to see what he's got up his sleeve. He's so good, and uh, can't wait to watch what he's going to be doing next. Well, we want to mention uh, real quick as well that was a side note brought to my attention. You actually have an artist exhibit coming out in, at the Tennessee State Museum that's going to be through the rest of the year. How exciting as an amateur artist is that for you? Well, it exactly unbelievably, you know, thrilling for me. I've I've had pieces of art shown and exhibited here and there, uh, like one offs here and there, but I've never done a proper art show ever and I've it's something that's kind of always been on my bucket list. I wanted to do it but I never felt ready. I was asked to do a couple through the years. A couple of years ago I was asked to do a show, be a part of an art show and I just didn't feel like I was ready and wasn't prepared and worthy and all the above but but this year when the Tennessee State Museum came I'd already I'd already kind of been assembling some of my pieces and I'd done some new pieces and and uh had a bunch of new art ready and so I really felt like the timing was right and was pretty good so I was really thrilled that they asked me to be a part of this show I'm actually involved in art with two other artists I'm having my own space in my own room and they will as well. Uh, the other artist is Russ Harrington. He's a photographer. He does celebrity photography and has shot everybody in the world, it seems. And, and he's really a talented guy, beautiful art. The third guy in our show is named David Stauffer. Uh, and he is uh, passed on now, but he, his work is uh, brilliant. He was a luthier and made beautiful handmade dulcimers and handcrafted wood instruments and Primarily, this work of his will be a collection of his collection of dulcimers, handmade dulcimers that he made, and uh, I can't wait to see it. I've seen pictures, and they look beautiful. So this art show is actually called Three Part Harmony, and I'm really proud to get to be showing my my work. I've got about 25 pieces of art that'll be in it, most of them being watercolors and pen and ink uh, and mixed medium. Some strictly watercolors, but some with pen and ink, and and then there's about four or five pieces that are an encaustic medium, which is beeswax, natural wax, uh, applied to like 
uh, wood panels and and uh, panel boards and uh, really interesting uh, textures and colors and so forth. So uh, that's kind of a new medium to me. I'm more versed in the watercolors, but it's something I've been dabbling in the last six years or so. So it's really exciting to get my first show. I can't wait. Well, that's definitely, uh, and I'm sure you can do a search on on to find out more information. But final question for you, as they probably had told you uh, before we let you go. We heard you have a very unique relationship in the sports world because we talk sports, and that'd be with Nolan Ryan. Where, did, yeah, where I, in the world did you come I, up and meet Nolan Ryan? <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been lucky through the years to make some really interesting connections with sports guys. I, You know, I've been friends with Tony La Russa for many years, and, uh, you know, this is the part where I drop a lot of names, but uh, I think it's pretty much I have to. <laughs> but anyway, I, years ago I got to be friends with Larry Bird. He was He's from Indiana, which is his area of Indiana where he's from is about 60 or 70 miles from where I was born. And and uh, but we became friends, and I learned in the '80s, early '80s, when he came through, mid '80s, I should say, that he was a country fan. And I used to come to the Boston Garden. He'd get his great seats and bring us back at the old Boston Garden. And uh, you know, I've been friends with him for years. And gosh, a lot of sports figures. Uh, Turk Wendell with the Cubs is a great friend. I speak to him still on a group record. You know regular basis. He later pitched in the World Series with the Mets and uh but uh now retired of course. But Nolan Ryan, I guess my connection with Nolan uh pardon me came from us uh, years ago playing so much throughout Texas and I still play in Texas a lot. But one year I got a call and actually thought it probably I questioned it whether it was even a legitimate call, but it was from Nolan Ryan and he asked me to perform at a a charity function if I'd be interested for that he put on that he put on every year and I unfortunately I wasn't it became it came down to the wire I was going to do it but the event got canceled and then I threw out my rain check you know if you ever needed me for something else I'd be happy to do it being a huge baseball and Nolan fan of course well then it came down to like another year or two he asked me to be involved in a project that he was doing uh, for his uh, Children's his kids' high school. They did a project a, a, a project graduation uh, where they stay in, they camp in. You know, they don't go out at, pro, at graduation prom. And so I we did this charity event for him down in South Texas near Alvin, where he's from. And forever since then, we just became great friends, and we hit it off, and uh, we played that event. And then we started going fishing together, and we did a several years we would do an annual fishing trip together and go down to Fort Mansfield, Texas, down in South Texas and redfish and it was just became an annual thing and we did a bunch of charity stuff together. It just became great friends and we still are. And uh so uh he's a huge country fan, that's for sure. He came a few years ago he came to the Grand Ole Opry we and was a guest of ours and I brought him out on stage and everybody loved it of course and and uh so I don't know. We we stay in touch, and I come out to the Rangers games, done the anthem several times, and he's just a great, great person. He and Ruth are wonderful friends, and and we stay in touch. And uh, I, I don't know. We he's just a real deal, real person, you know. And I wouldn't be afraid to call at any time and and ask 
Excuse me, you know, anything I would ask, he would probably do it. You know, he's just a great friend. Well, the album is It Ain't All Bad. Uh, Steve, best of luck with the album. Whenever you're up in the Orlando, Florida area, please let us know. You know what? I'll take you up on that. Thank you so much for having me, and I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. You'd stand there.